This is the Tribe Mastermind, where we talk business, purpose, and passion with your hosts, Jordan Muela and Steve Welty. If you're ready to shift into a bigger future, then this is the show for you. So plug in, buckle up, and get ready to be. Back at it. Another episode in the studio. Steve, how you living? I'm living good, man. Life's good. What's happening? I'm uh, excited to be talking to you about a topic that's been on my mind as of late. It's something that we've both come and lived through, and that is this. When we talk about growth, when we talk about marketing, it's juicy. Everybody wants it. There's a lot of conferences about it. We tend to talk about it on the level of tactics and, and strategies and one-off campaigns. And if we, the further we zoom out, here's what I see, man. Here's my state of, of, of view and frame of mind on marketing having been in this, particularly within the property management context for about a decade. Most folks are focused on trying to do something to other people in order to get something from them. And that more or less defines their marketing. Like, I'm going to do pay-per-click so that I can get more doors. Is it pay-per-click or is it SEO or is it direct mailers? Like, That's the level on which I'm going to have the conversation. My, my obsession, my focus is, is ops. That's where I spend my time. And I kind of come over here for a half minute and I do a little bit of this activity over here. So part of it is, is a time and attention thing. Like, do you respect it as a craft, which would require your time, or is it a little side activity? But the epiphany that I had after that, which like that first point relates to operationalizing it, it's just a, like a function of effort and time. The new epiphany for me behind that is just realizing that the best, most effective companies that are doing marketing well are really clear on their why. And they use what looks like marketing as simply a communication strategy to talk about what they and their audience are mutually passionate about. And it, it looks like marketing, but it's more just communications and messaging and sitting in a conversation, which means that first and foremost... It's all about the why. And secondarily is the packaging and the wrapping of, do we syndicate this message via pay-per-click ads or via a podcast or whatever? But that's like a very secondary sort of thing, man. That's what I've experienced and lived and it's what's worked for me. What's feedback? Yeah, I feel you on that. I think as soon as you're starting down the path of, I'm going to do this so that I get this from somebody and it's not really coming from an authentic place of service. I think you've already lost. Something that comes up for me personally is... Um, let me give you an ex- like a dumb example. But like uh, Instagram. Like uh, trying to build a following on Instagram, let's say, in your business where you're like liking other people's stuff and you're like, you know, doing like you're, there's like a liking strategy thing where you're, you're yeah, doing yeah. likes to try to get them to follow you. And then once they do, you stop following them. It's like, <laughs> it's like a mess. And um, I mean, I've done some of that too. So I'm not going to say I'm above that, but, um, but there's, there's a shift you can have. You can say, Hey, I'm just going to be doing these things to try to get this. Or you can say, hey, I'm going to do this same thing, but I'm actually going to come from a place of service and a place of actual um, caring about other people and wanting to learn more about them and uh, you know, coming from a deeper place of service. So I think the people that are really winning are not trying to do the, this for that. 
they're using their why, so to speak, to really have an authentic conversation with the customer that um, really bears who they are and draws them to them through their authenticity. So let me channel the critic. Well, that's great, Steve, but I don't have time for that. Why don't you have time? It's, you know, I heard someone say, <laughs> you know, you, you don't need to manage your time. You need to manage your priorities, bro. Manage your attention. <laughs> yeah. Like you don't have enough time. We all have time. Like where's your priorities? What are you spending your time doing? You know, like that would be my pushback. Bro, I'm so with you on that. Yeah. I, I, I had this epiphany a long time ago where I realized when I say that I don't have time and just knowing how much time I do have and the fact that I, that I think I this kind of came up for me when I was still single, I could work as much as I want. It's like, in many ways, it's not that I don't have enough time. It's that I have so much time that I feel like I only have time to make poor choices because there's no pressure or accountability for me to actually elevate the quality of my of my focus. I can do everything. Therefore, I do nothing well. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I've, I've been really looking into that more as, as like the priorities versus the time that we have because we all have 24 hours in a day. And so if we look at the buckets of where we're spending our time, um, and if you look at marketing as just an example, wouldn't you rather spend it um, being more clear about the actual impact you're looking to have in someone's life and, and using that using marketing as a channel to actually make that impact. Um, it's just... Um, it's leadership, man. That's what it is for me. Right. I want to be spending my time flexing the leadership muscle. And you do, have a, you do have to choose as a leader, as the owner, like where do you want to be focused? Do you want to be focused in doing? Do you want to be focused on answering owner calls and emails, putting out fires? Do you want to be focused on management, managing your team, coming up with new systems and processes? Or do you want to be focused on leadership, getting clear on the why, leading from the front, doing the work? What is the work that nobody else in your company will do? The work that nobody's emailing you about, nobody's asking you about, there's no pressure. It's all you. Either you show up and you prioritize or it doesn't happen. That, generally speaking, is where the magic is at. And when I think about the value that gets created from focusing on messaging and uh, connecting with the, co- the the consumer, staying in communication, in relationship, in a dialogue with them about ideas that are bigger than what I do and what I provide, my service or my product. That's where the magic happens. Like nobody cares about software or property management or whatever it is that you do. What is the bigger idea? that you are committed to facilitating and inviting others to participate with you in, that is the entry point of things like loyalty of what a brand gets created around, not just like service excellence. I mean, that's kind of table stakes in this day and age. Yeah, man. You said that really well. Uh, Let me give you an example. So at Good Life, or at anything I'm doing right now, I've been thinking a lot about, you know, where is the why or what is the why? And, uh, you know, what are we rallying around? And the thing that comes up for me is not living a life true to yourself. And that can be big, but we all have different ambitions and different things that fire us up, but we get bogged down in the day to day. We get, we make excuses because we don't have enough time to do A, B, and C. But like my three buckets are like music, tribe, and good life. But, but the, the, the common human theme is, 
getting bogged down, like let's say good life and not living a life true to yourself because your business is running your life. And the example is your rental property. You're like, oh, it's not going to take that much time. I'm just going to do it myself. I'm going to figure it out. But if you can actually show the customer how much time that actually takes, the the results that they're going to get are going to be less. And then the death by a thousand cuts example is like... if you can give this to someone you can actually trust and free yourself up, you're going to have the time, the more time to be there with your family or to be doing musical theater or whatever it is. I'm just super passionate like about figuring out what your passion is or not just your passion, but just anything that lights you up because we all don't know what our passion is and putting that at the forefront of your life and living a life that's true to yourself. And I think people resonate with that. And so that's like one thing I'm putting out in all of my, you know, different avenues, um, Mm, mm. bearing that, you know? All right. So for me, I keep coming back to this idea of owning the outcome, which is really like a significant, I think that more or less is my life message when it comes to business is owning the outcome. So you could say, well, like I'm passionate about Frisbee. Like, what the hell does that have to do with property management, Steve? <laughs> you know, like, okay, like, <laughs> what does it have to do with property management? A lot. If you're really into Frisbee, I would put videos of you playing Frisbee on your website. <laughs> sure. I mean, I get that. Like, I actually invoked your name yesterday because. I was talking to some folks about the the concept of the letter of the heart and kind of the way I internalize that is like, I own the fact that, that me, my personal interests, my life radically influences how this company is run. I own that. And therefore I want to share what I'm up to, what I'm thinking and, and how that's impacting the company right now. So I, I dig that example, but I also think if we get off of Frisbee and we just say what more globally on a human to human level, what act in the presence and in, in relationship to other human humans turns you on? Is it teaching? Is it being a crying shoulder? Um, is it the act of empathy, sympathy? Is it waking people up? Like there's gotta be something more globally just in relation to human interaction that you're excited about. And for me, helping, helping my clients think about how they can own the biggest possible outcome for their clients is what is really exciting. So doing that myself and helping others open up that possibility. That's why I've been willing to jump from one company to the next to the next because I'm like in pursuit of solving for the biggest level of impact that I can. That really excites me, man. Like I'd love to hear you riff on that in relation to good life. Yeah. So with good life, one of the biggest changes we made that's had the biggest impact is just going full out transparency as far as who we are as people. And that's letter of the heart. um, That's putting our team on the main homepage of the website. That's doing, geez, if you look at our blogs lately, three out of the last like six are about California burritos, um, random stuff. That's just has to do with our culture. And we're actually going to go deeper on that. Um, I think, Team human is is where we want to play. And so we're going to be doing a lot more content around just who we are personally, things we believe in the world, because this is a human to human industry. And I think when people see you living authentically, it helps them. It, it's, it's, it's like magnetic. And um, yeah, some people are going to think you're crazy, but the people that sign on are going to be with you longer. They're going to hire you to sell it. And they're going to probably want to look to you to buy the next one. And so when you put yourself out there and, and I, I've resisted this for a long time, right? Because it, 
man, it's just so stodgy. <laughs> now that I think about it, where I was like trying to put this professional image where like, no, we couldn't show that our team was younger and we you know, there's all this fear around it. <laughs> it's just so much fun. It's so much more fun to just play in the sandbox of just, this is who we are. We're throwing it out there. If you're with us, who's, who's with us. And uh, something else that comes to mind is um, Dan Sullivan actually said something that was really impactful. He has this uh, program in coach called game changer where it's the step above 10 X actually, where you take, you have a self-managing company, you have a self-multiplying company and you're cash confident, mm. which gives you the ability to team up with another entrepreneur who's not even in your industry to do some collaboration that could basically be done on a handshake, like no money exchanges hands. You just use your capability and your capability to collaborate on something and have this 100x result. And the powerful thing is that how you're going to make money from, from it is not the important part. In fact, that's pushed ideally like as far down the line as possible because you're already cash confident. You know how to make money from ventures. Proven. Um, yeah, it's proven. That's not the issue. So now you're actually able to focus all of your time and energy on the impact of your new offering and the, the service that you're going to provide to where now you're just playing in a blue ocean where nobody's at because everyone's over in, over in this red ocean of, you know, how can I run this marketing campaign to get enough clicks to sell this many widgets? It's like, as soon as you're making that your full focus, I really believe you've already lost because you're, you're subconsciously thinking, how am I going to take advantage of this person to get what I want or how, you know, it's like, it's not coming from a true place of service. And, um, and so that's, that's kind of some things that come to mind for me with that. I dig it. I just know it's a more fulfilling game to be playing, to be like sharing from the abundance of the heart, to not be constantly in a state of scarcity and to view marketing and sales like at its core, this is about persuasion. This is about belief. This is about selling other people on being in relationship with you. And what does that require in any other relationship in your life? Like in dating, when we think about dating, what are we, what are we doing? What does the process look like? Yeah, there are things that have kind of commodified it with Tinder and dating sites, etc. But in general, we're talking about a process of progressive vulnerability leading towards more and more intimacy where eventually you know whether or not this is a fit for you. But in the marketing situation, instead of kind of viewing it and accepting it as being that way, we want to withhold a lot of ourselves and make it much more like transactional. And then we wonder why people commodify us. We wonder why it's just a price conversation, even though we've been so unwilling to share much about ourselves and our vision or to invest in our vision, right? Don't wish you were easy. Wish you were better. Don't wish you had less problems. Wish you had more skills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're in the connection economy. And that's, that's super, that's really inspiring and firing me up these days, because I just am a relationship person. It's like, I think that's why I'm in the service industry. I, you know, I could probably come up with some product and sell some products, but I'm really in the human business. I'm really in the relationship business. And so this whole connection economy thing, that's something that's um, like that we that we focus on a lot of good life. For instance, when we go on the appointments, you know, we ask them the R factor question. You know, if we were going to be meet here three years from today, 
looking back over those three years, what would have had to have happened for you to feel good about your progress? And then just like leaving it at that. And the people that answer that question have a future with you. The people that don't, don't. <laughs> it's funny. I did this with my wife last night. We we did uh, a DOS together where we asked the R Factor question and she answered it. And then she did a thing. I'm like, hey, babe, I'm so glad you answered that because if you didn't answer that, that means you don't have a future. You didn't have a future with me. <laughs> Not that I, I mean, like she didn't have a future with me in her, in, in her head. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, she's not the most, um, we're very different. She's very like lives in the moment and, um, goals are not that important to her at all. Like, you know, her (laughs) goals are like have miles be happy and like, have you be happy and like that we sing together and you know, that we go on vacations. Uh, Oh, and she wants to, that she's like, I want to go on um, more trips with you when you go Mm. out for work. Like, and stuff and drive trips and you know coach i'm like yeah let's go let's go to toronto and stuff so so yeah i'm excited uh we got to connect on that dude i'm really attracted to that idea it's something i've been talking about with my wife a lot as well next tribe trip maybe we can link up and uh they could spend some time together have the have the kids hang out i in my perfect world my work is not my thing that I go do by myself in isolation. Like I don't have any fundamental reason why it needs to be that. It has been that up to this point, but in a perfect world, like it's an extension of me and a part of my life. And I want to share who I am, my life and my experiences with my, with my family. So yeah, that really resonates with me. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, you know, on the marketing tip, Things we're really focused on at Good Life, like I said, are, are doing the content around who we are, building our personalities into the marketing message, um, putting yourself in the customer's shoes and figuring out what the pain points are. Um, you know, something as simple as like the property manager guide. This is something that people are actually trying to do, hire a manager. And so having a really, really good guide, something like that is something on a very tactical level that's worked well for us, but um, also just getting to know our clients on a more deeper level and um, putting those notes into the system and um, just finding little cool things. I think you've seen a lot of stuff come out of it with the Joey Coleman stuff. Um, any Anything new or interesting that you've seen that people are starting to kind of implement in their businesses? So I've been on this exercise the last two mastermind calls with the Profit Coach crew. And we're going through... We went through like a bunch of ideas. And I think what was impactful for me and what we talked about yesterday when we had those calls was just looking at like the life cycle of what would it mean for me to make my client's life as easy as possible in terms of them getting the outcome that they really want that caused them to be in conversation with me. And that for many folks is wealth creation through real estate. Like that's what people are after. That's what turns them on. Property management by default is very passive reactive task. Like, Hey, we're the best people at making sure nothing bad happens. Like, you may be, but it's pretty reactive as opposed to this proactive thing of like, we will help you fulfill this dream of wealth creation through real estate. If that was your position, if you believe that that was the most exciting priority for the client that you could help facilitate and, and you really were intent on doing that, what would that look like? What would, what would you do? I mean, you, you probably consider some crazy stuff like turnkey. We don't have to go all the way down that path. What, what like short of like full blown turnkey would that look like? Would that look like, making sure that 
you um, you help them with taxes. Like you have a trusted CPA that you can connect them with and that you've interviewed and built a relationship with and are introducing those connections just prior to them to happen to think about tax sort of issues, et cetera. Like that sort of stuff. Like, can you think of any examples where um, you guys have made ground or there are more opportunities around doing things to facilitate wealth creation through real estate that maybe other other PMs haven't thought of or aren't on? Well, I think first off, just pointing putting that out there is the is one of the most you know sexy things I can think of that can really rally your clients around. And even if you're not doing turnkey or not helping them buy more properties, just the fact that they're working with you means they're going to have less of a chance of burning out. Because when they burn out, they get out of the game. And the worst thing you can do or that can have done is that you do such a bad job for. An, an investor that they get out of the game. So just freeing up your time and energy, we talk about a good life so that you, one of the, one of the benefits is that you stay in the game. And so just holding on to this house, if you do nothing else and hold it for 30 years, that's going to go a long way to creating mm. wealth for your family. And so mm. that's something that comes up at a very simple level, but yeah, you can end up making it, you know, your trusted advisor where you're helping them buy more properties and, and find those depends how, you know, um, hardcore you want to get with it. But I think that's, uh, that's a really, that's a bigger future that people are looking for. And so how I, I think we can do a better job of, of even crafting that message too. This isn't just, uh, you know, don't let things go bad. You know, I've heard you say that before, but even when you just said it now, it just resonates a lot more with me. I think that's how can we build that message? How can we build that future? Because what, how you can be a hero to people is helping them get more clear and confident about their future. And mm. so a lot of times they have this house and they don't really know. They're just kind of holding it. Maybe they're an accidental landlord. But if you can pro- provide some clarity around the capability you're providing as a, a way for them to ultimately have a bigger impact that they didn't even really consider, that's, that's interesting. You know, That's really interesting. I think the way that you help other people clarify their future is by clarifying your own. You said it depends on how hard core you want to get with it. It's really a function of how committed do you want to be and how committed are you towards expanding new capabilities? I run into so many situations where I'll throw out an idea and folks are like, yeah, man, that idea is dope. Such a good idea. I'd love to do that. You know, I just don't know how. And it's like, oh, okay. So like, you don't know how. And that's, that's it. That's basically the boundaries of what is possible for you. So you don't know how to do something. I'm in that situation regularly at like what is relative to my current position and my current uh, vision. But what I know is that running a software company and an accounting company and, and various companies where like I, I can't code, I can't program, nobody's calling me. If the programmers get stuck, they're like, well, we better escalate this and call Jordan. It ain't happening because I don't, I don't know how to contribute. So for me, the how is clearly, it's, it's always a who situation to me. And it's much more obvious in that regard. But a lot of times we just, we let the how stick in the way, not recognizing that as soon as we have that vision and that example everything lightens up. It's like you're thinking about firing that person that you have a dysfunctional relationship. You know that you need to let go, but you're stuck. If you met and you had one highly qualified candidate that could replace that person, all of a sudden, it'd be such an easier decision because you have something to compare it to. You know, it's about vision. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you nailed it. And when we're doing our performance reviews next week with a lot of the people on the team, that's something I made some notes about to really focus on because I'm not even taking the lead on the performance reviews anyway. I'm like, okay, what's my part now as the CEO? And, you know, we've thought about, oh, Steve, do you need to be in these anymore? I'm like, hell yeah, like this is where I shine. <laughs> I really want to be helping mold the team and creating that, that future, um, that vision. And um, some things that come up for me is make sure they stop doing things they hate. So we ask, like, what, are you, what don't you like doing? Like this might seem radical, but we want to find out what are you doing that you hate and you have no passion for, because the longer and the more you do that, the bigger the chance that you're going to end up leaving mm-hmm. you're going to create subset substandard service. Now it's a journey. So we don't like hire someone. Ideally we hire someone right off the bat and they're hundred percent unique ability, but that doesn't always happen, especially in different management roles. Like not everyone loves to be processing applications or taking angry tenant calls. But we ask them, and then we also ask them, what do you most enjoy doing? And so we want to continually form them into those things, having them do those things more. And then explaining the vision to the company. And the vision is not get to 1,500 units. Like, that's not that inspiring, you know? The vision is to change uh, the lives of a thousand customers. And helping them build generational wealth through real estate and helping them live a life more true to themselves. And we do that by doing all of those things ourselves, living a life true to ourselves, understanding what our core capabilities are, what our unique ability is, spending more of our time there, and then, um, you know, building wealth creation through real estate as a, because you've got to invest in something. And we're like insider trading, right? Like Clint said, um, you know, we're going to teach you how to buy properties. We're going to teach you how to own real estate as uh, someone that lives here or works with us. And if uh, even if you're not interested in that, if maybe you're in marketing or something, you're not interested in that, um, you know, we're still going to give you a vehicle to um, buy into a 401k or, or whatever. So that, that's just some things that come to mind for me. This is reminding me of the book, The Great Game of Business by Jack Stack. I was on a two-day road trip driving a car home from Florida last weekend, and I listened through that book. It was awesome. Loved it. One of the things he talked about is this idea of asking, like, what do people not want to do? And then investing in automation in those areas. Mm. Like, If you have a, a job that really is unpleasant and nobody wants, maybe that's a great opportunity for you to make that that kind of daunting financial investment in automation in that area. And then the aspects of what somebody doesn't want to do could be could more purely be seen as guiding kind of where they need to fit into the company as opposed to them just identifying something that's just inherently unpleasant. Yeah. And one of the biggest takeaways I had recently when I went and saw Dan Sullivan up in Toronto is, man, he's going to say things so brilliantly. He said, there's no competition for being interested in people. Hmm. Everyone's trying to be interesting. So if you're actually just interested in other people, oh man, there's a freaking blue ocean of just uh, opportunity out there. And so again, with anything else I'm working on, I'm putting it everywhere. I have like the posted note and I have like this reminder, but go be interested in your team. Like what the hell is going going on with them? How, what are they like? What do they don't like? What are they trying to go? And when you're meeting people, 
that's something I used to say in my daily affirmations was like, I'm more interested in talking about other people or more interested in hearing about other people than I'm in, interested in talking about myself. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a lofty goal because we're all ego driven and ultimately like love talking about ourselves and, and having people. But that's something I'm really focusing on is slowing down and asking people about their lives and being more interested than I'm trying to be interesting. Ah, dude, that's been like a life hack for me for years. The cheapest thing you can do to look like, to look smart, look like an expert is just ask great questions. Yeah. Yeah. You you have always been good at that. That was something that drew drew me to you initially is you always seemed very interested and also were willing to help, even though it might not have been the most convenient or the most productive thing for you to do at the time. And I know we've talked about that and you've had some back and forth where you feel like that's your superpower, but also your um, something that can hinder you at times. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a, a, every gift can be a curse in its own way. It's like the curse of, of knowledge. You know how to do everything about the company and therefore people keep kicking things back to you. Well, do you wish you didn't know? No, I mean, I don't think so. Like it's really useful. Um, but at the same time, you just got to manage these things in tension. Hopefully, somebody listening to this somewhere hears this and they realize that there's a shift in their priority of how they're approaching sales and marketing as number one being probably the most impactful area in terms of economic productivity per hour spent is in the sales marketing function versus ops. Secondarily, realizing that instead of talking about the low-level tactics they could make a a huge shift by getting clear on the why and the impact on the customer and then positioning marketing as simply a way to broadcast, disseminate information and engage with the customer in that conversation. Um, that's, that's my wish, my hope and desire for the podcast sphere. I love being on this journey with you. And I guess that's, I guess that's what, (laughs) that's what we're doing. I, I love the fact that like, as we're having these, I'm not thinking about like, okay, Steve, like we need to tie this into the product thing. Like let them know about our merch, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I, I didn't get a chance, but I wanted to thank Dan when he was talking about that game changer concept because, and I, I sent something out to Tribe about this on the WhatsApp, was I was like, you gave me permission to not like Tribe. I'm not worried about money first and foremost. You know, it's like a... It's like an impact thing. And I felt like almost I didn't have permission to do that Mm. because it was just, it's just not acceptable in business. Like, but when you can do that and you can actually now focus more in a place of service, you're ultimately going to become more successful. And so sometimes it just takes, and that's another reason why go out and say the things that you think and, and um, don't be afraid to have these positions because a lot of times when you share something and you're vulnerable, then give someone the permission to think that same way. And that's what Dan did for me with that concept. Yeah, Yeah, man. Wanting what you want. You don't need to explain it. You don't need to have a reason why. It's just, it is what it is. Not everything needs a justification. Yeah, man. But love it, man. Well, well, good show. Uh, We're looking forward to the next one. As always. All right. Tuning out from San Diego and Austin. Wishing you guys peace and prosperity. See you on the flip side. Did you enjoy this episode? Please share it with a friend and leave a review on iTunes. If you'd like to find out more about joining the tribe, go to tribemastermind.com to understand why the best and brightest mastermind with us. 